Welcome back. Hey guys. You would never guess it. Me and Molly are podcasting together. And I'm so excited. Guess who's back? Back again. Lex and Moss. Tell your friends. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, yeah, hey. Hey. <laughs> are you nervous? Yeah, I am. I'm stage fright. No, literally. <laughs> I'm just like not used to recording in person anymore i'm used to talking to you over facetime yeah i actually hate that though so i know no happy to be back molly and i worked out this morning together oh my gosh guys it was literally horrible but <laughs> it was so funny go check our reels because you'll be dying laughing i did yawn the whole entire time yeah we did it like it was like eight o'clock in the morning yeah but which Lexi, like, actually, feels so okay, early to me no so yesterday she got home really late and i just was trying to go to bed and then she came inside, uh, jumped on the bed, and then said, come hang out downstairs. So she well, did pick me up. because I traveled mm. so long and far to see you. Yeah. The least you could do is spend some quality time with me. So then I had to go back downstairs, and then she made me stay awake till like, 1.30? You could... What time was it? Like, midnight. Oh, my gosh. It felt way later than that. I know. I was surprised that you got up with me. Because I for sure thought you were going to be like, no, I'm up past my bedtime. I can't be up that early. Did you take a nap today? Uh, no. I've wow. had lots of caffeine. Oh, okay. I've had a whole Diet Coke and like... Oh, how's your water intake for oh. 75 Soft? <laughs> She's looking at me. Gotcha. <laughs> She's looking real Take pretty a good five today. ounces. Cool. <laughs> no, I've actually drank probably like half my Owala. So 20 ounces? Yeah. But, like, I've had Diet Coke and an Alani Nail. They, so. they both have water in them. Yeah, they somewhere. do. Yeah. It counts. <laughs> Isn't, like, carbonation water? That's what I sure. tell myself. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I tell myself. Anyways, hey, whatever works. Um, yeah, so then Lexi made me wake up today, and I was so tired. But wasn't that a good workout? Like, didn't you actually feel good after? I love Pilates. Yeah, well, it was really good. Recently, I've been doing, like, Pilates or bar. I did hot Pilates on Now that Saturday. crap's hard. And the hot, I can't do. It, it makes me want to die. Yeah. I did hot yoga like once and I thought I was going to pass away. Yeah. No. So I did almost pass away. But Loki, like this class was way harder. The one we did? Yes. Didn't it feel good though? Like to yeah, feel your muscles shaking? Do you pay for that? I do. How yeah. much? I don't know because the first two weeks are free and I'm still in the first two weeks. So oh. it's the Aloe Moves app. But I actually really like it because I used to use a different I love her app. Accent. It's different girl. Like there's different yeah, instructors yeah, but I, I liked her. hers yeah. yeah um she was like australian or something mm-hmm. but i used to pay for a different app but i like the aloe moves instructors way more yeah so highly recommend yes um anyways i just have a couple things i need to get off my chest before we jump into today's topic if you don't mind no yeah go for it um if you're listening just know that me and molly are learning how to not talk over each other <laughs> <laughs> we know it's bad we know it's annoying and we're working on it okay have you had anyone say anything no oh, okay i'm just every time i listen back i'm self-conscious yeah because i'm like no, what okay <laughs> i'm like would it kill me <laughs> to let someone finish a sentence <laughs> and the answer is yes no i was like literally listening to the podcast and i was like lexi either didn't edit this which she didn't and um she authentic was, look it up like talking over me um I would say something, but then you just like finish my sentence. But I do that in real life too. But also I do think me and Lexi literally just FaceTime each other and then record each other talking. Yeah. And I think that our connection just sucks. So mine is delayed and hers is like on time or something. I don't know. We're yeah. working on it. And but, honestly, it's probably not going to get better. So 
Yeah. Don't hold your breath. That's none of our business. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, the amount of times I've said that in the last week. Yeah, um, really quick, too. Arnold wanted me to clear his name. After I, after we recorded last week's episode, he called me immediately, and he was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, what? He was like, you already know. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. He was like, National Girlfriend Day. And I was like, oh, yeah. He was like, I'm so sorry. I'm clueless. But it's okay because, you know, he picked me up from the airport, had flowers with him. Yeah, they're actually beautiful. Yeah. Um, no, that's hilarious. KJ still. KJ still stands with, did he listen to last week where I said what National Wife Day is? Yeah, he looked at his watch and he's like, hmm, okay. Okay. That's all he said, so. It's like September 17th or something? Yeah, I think like, yeah, around All right, there. so he better come correct on September yeah. 17th. Yeah, I said, you better treat me like a wife. Yeah, so. He will. We'll yeah. He'll show up. I believe in him. That's if good. not, <laughs> it's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. Just immediately over. <laughs> just kidding. Um, do you have any other updates? I have one more like embarrassing thing I remembered this week that I just wanted to get off my chest so that I, I could be not embarrassed anymore. No, all I wanted to say, well, I guess, yes. Okay. But I don't know if you want to talk about this. We were going to talk about book club. Oh, sure. But you haven't been reading the book. Uh, and yes, you're right. Mm, yeah. Because mm-hmm. book club is all month. Yeah. And it's... It's half the month. Okay. <laughs> what are you, the book police? <laughs> Anyways, guys, it's really good. Um, Seven Husbands. I had a couple people message me about it, like that they started it. Oh, good. Um, I am like 30% through. Um, but so far, it's really good. I like it. I'm excited. It's a different storyline. Like, I've never read a book like this. I have zero idea what this book is about. Yeah, so I'm excited because I, I feel like I usually have an idea of what the story is yeah. going into it. It does not matter what time of day we're recording. Molly will be yawning. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsies. <laughs> okay. Yeah, book club. Hope you're all participating. Same with 75 Soft. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're, eating, we're eating our uh, 10% right now. Hey. Milk duds. 10% every day. Yeah. Anyways, what was your other update? Um, so I was just driving today, and I remembered that back in the day when I was, like, a big One Direction fan, I made a One Direction fan account on Instagram. No, you did not. Yeah. Like, I had an, an Instagram where I posted, like, tour updates or, up, or like, wished them a happy birthday. I'm yeah. so embarrassed. No. Yeah. I remembered that, and I was like, mm, I shouldn't be allowed to have the Instagram app anymore. Cool. I wish I remembered what it was called. Oh, I was going to say, what was the name? But if you were, like, a big directioner back in, like, 2012, probably, there were accounts that were, like, famous for being One Direction fan accounts, and... That's still a thing, just not... Yeah, it's actually still a thing. I know, but, like, I, like, looked up to those accounts, and so I was like, I'm going to have one. And he thought that you were going to do something with it. Yeah. Okay. Well? I just had to get that off my chest. I hope you guys don't look at me any differently. I will. (laughs) Have you ever been a fangirl for anything? I don't know. Like, were you a Justin Bieber girl? Oh, yes. A believer? Yeah, I was. So if Justin Bieber, like, somehow pulled it out of his butt to do an Eros tour, how much money would you drop to be there? Mm. Concerts? Mm, Like, aren't my thing. But picture adult Justin Bieber singing Baby. No. Or one time. Okay, because I wasn't a believer like that, but I would. I've seen Justin Bieber in concert. Okay. <laughs> Some people have been trying. Gosh, rip you to the people Harry, who tried so. to go to just... It's talking over each other. We're sorry. We're working on it. Um, rip to the people who tried to go see him and the concert got, like, delayed or 
canceled because of covid and then like his health reasons and just like literally never got to see him yeah so don't rub it in some people's faces okay well i honestly concerts just give me really bad anxiety because i just think that i'm something bad is gonna happen did you have fun at cody johnson were you anxious yes but did you have fun yeah so would you go to a concert i mean yeah i also just think that they're a lot of money hmm and I could do a lot of things with how much I would spend on a Taylor Swift ticket. Very true. Don't worry. My butt stayed on the wait list and I did not get a code. So hmm. if you have a connection to Taylor Swift in New Orleans, let me know. Is it like, are all the codes sent out? Like you'll yeah. never get. What? Yeah. No, I was honestly very upset, but it's okay. I know multiple people that got a code. I know, but I got waitlisted. And so then it's like, maybe if everyone with codes buys their tickets and there's still tickets left over, maybe you'll get a code, but I didn't. But like when our friend got the code, I know multiple people that got it the second like round. Okay. My luck is terrible. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Sorry. I just saw that like you were going to say like, oh no, there's going to be like another round of like that. I'm pretty sure the tickets are all sold out in New Orleans. Oh my gosh. Which is where I wanted to go. Because for me, like Taylor Swift, I don't want to go to the concert if I have to like fly to Indianapolis randomly and go, you know, Mm -hmm. like I have another reason to be in Louisiana. And so like that would be convenient. That would be so fun. And the other one is Miami and I don't really want to go to Miami. So Mm. sorry, Taylor. I tried. Yeah. I know you were banking on my support. Oh, well. Okay. So, should we get into it? Was that all? Yeah. I think that was like our fast, fastest life update. It's because the we life, record every week now. Yes. The life updates get very and we're sl- recording, short. Oh, I'm working on it. And we're recording earlier in the week. So, like, we talked to each other not that long ago. Yeah. And I don't really feel like I have much to say. Shall we introduce today's episode? Yes. Big, big things happening in Guys. the UDU podcast world. We have our first guest. Our first real guest. Because KJ's been on. Oh, true. But like, no, he's going to get offended. He, okay, he, you're right. It's not our first guest. <laughs> <laughs> we have a guest <laughs> for a new series because it is like a new thing we want to do. Yeah, so... um we need a name for our series. We've like come up with some names. I was thinking of like a glimpse of you diaries. Cause like you do you. Like you do your diaries. We just basically want to have people that like we love, we admire, look up to come on the podcast and just tell us about them and like their stories. And so if you have any names yeah, for this series, like diary series or whatever yeah. we should call it segment. Yeah. I have no idea. Because I'm excited. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. But Molly can introduce our first guest. So this guest, I'm nervous. <laughs> Don't you do it? No. Okay. Um, so today we asked my lovely sister to come on the podcast. Round of applause. Yay. Yay. <laughs> That's right. Um me my sister's name is Kess. Um we are three? Wow, I was gonna say five years apart. <laughs> We're three and a half years apart. Um honestly growing up, I feel like we it felt like ten years apart. But now I feel like we're twins. Like I just feel like we're super close. Um but yeah, she is the middle sister. We have another older sister, and they're 18 months apart. And so that's why I feel like 
growing up, it was hard because they were super close. And then I was just like the baby. The baby. I was annoying. They never wanted me to hang out with them. I always wanted to like stay up late. And they were like, no, like you're so young. Go to bed. (laughs) But no, she is actually like the best supporter of You Do You. She's an avid listener. She loves to support us, so... It's only fitting that she is our first guest after KJ. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, she's our first guest of this series. Yeah. So... Welcome, Cass. Woohoo! <laughs> How does it feel? I'm nervous. I'm not. I feel like I'm not gonna be good at this. No, don't worry. All you have to do is talk. I also lose my train of thought like on the oh, daily. No, so. We do too. Yeah. Don't worry, us too. Um. Okay, we have questions for you. Okay. And Molly didn't send you anything, right? No. Okay. Well, okay. Wait. First, you can just introduce yourself. Like, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is. <laughs> Yeah, literally. <laughs> just like, um, I don't How know. old are you? We already said your name's Kess. Um, hmm. Do you can tell us about your life? Okay, I'm Husband. 25 years old. I'll be 26 next month. Basically an old hag over here. No, Kess, don't just tell kidding. me that because I turned 25 <laughs> in November and I feel like I'm knocking on death's doorstep. I feel like I loved being 25 and for some reason, being 26 just scares me because I'm closer to 30. Than That's how I feel about 24. Yeah. 24 sounds so cute, young, fun. And then 25 is like, yeah, 25. No, 26 sounds old. <laughs> yeah. I'm so scared. 25 is like kind of fun. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. It's, like, it's a, it's, I it's like a fun age. 25. Yeah. Like it's a good number. Yeah. So yeah. But basically, um, Pretty much born and raised in Utah, lived in New Zealand, which Molly pretends that she actually lived there, but she I didn't. I used to tell people that I lived in New Zealand. You said that on the podcast one time. Cass oh. <laughs> <laughs> is here to expose Molly. And um, then I lived in Colorado for a little bit, but mostly Utah. I went did to live Bingham. There. You did live in Colorado. Um, went to Bingham. That's where I met Josh, my husband. We met senior year. He transferred from Jordan. And then, <laughs> and then Go to the school, not Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um, he served an LDS mission, and I did not wait for him. I partied hard. I dated as many boys as I could, as you should. And then he, I happened to be available when he got back. Although, I did kiss a few boys the day he got home. <laughs> really? Did you not know that? Like, the day he got home? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, and also after he got home, I kissed someone. No, as you should, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so it took me a little bit. We had, yeah. But then within, I don't know, a week or two, we were were good of him coming home. And then I was at school at SUU, so then we did our little fake long distance for two weeks or three. And then I moved to UVU. We got married we got engaged. He came home in November. We got engaged in April and then married in July. And then we've been married for four years now. And we have Utah love story. Yeah, pretty much. Wait, do you guys consider yourselves um, high, high school s- sweethearts? No, because we were high school friends. We were BFFs because we both dated other people. Senior year, we didn't even kiss until after we graduated. And we didn't even like each other. He wanted to take me to prom our senior year, but then... Our older sister McKay got married, so I said no. But she literally got married, and 
in the building across the street from where prom was. Did you end up going inside? Yeah, I did. So I snuck into prom. And so... Wait, I did not know that. That yeah. she got married on your senior prom Yeah, day. so I didn't go. Were you, were you sad? I was so sad. Yeah, I asked I her if she would change mad. it. I don't yeah. think any of us went to senior prom. Did McKay? Yeah, I bet she did. I don't know. I have no... I honestly don't think that she did. You didn't, you didn't go to your senior prom? No. Because KJ didn't want to go? And you didn't get asked by anybody else? Yeah. Why did I think you just went with friends, though? No, I didn't go. That's really funny. I you guess didn't I didn't realize anything. that. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I don't remember my senior... I remember my junior prom more than my senior yeah. prom. I remember my, my junior prom because it was at Providence. And it was like 15 kids. And it was KJ's senior prom. Yeah. I took pictures <laughs> of you guys. Really? Yeah. In Gardner Village. Right? Oh, that was prom. yes. Yeah. I remember... Okay, I cut Cass off, but you also have two cute dogs. Yeah, I have two cute dogs, Ollie and Penny, and they're my babies. Love them. They are trying their hardest to get downstairs on the podcast yes, right now. Yes, they would love to be on the podcast Maybe right now. Maybe next week. But they're only as good until they're bad, so they can't behave Classic themselves. <laughs> yeah, so if you hear them, just... If you, you hear... You don't. <laughs> like scratching. That's Ollie. Penny honestly doesn't care. She's living her best life, probably. Unbothered queen. Yeah. Maybe like, chewing up some pillows upstairs, but she's fine. The doggies. Anything else we should know about you before we ask you some questions about your personal life? Oh, no, that's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do for work? Okay, it's super crazy. I work from home. Um, I am a billing specialist for a golf software company. So basically, You're I... a golfer, huh? Yeah, so four up if you've ever booked a tea time, probably through the software. Uh, it's a point of sale system, but basically what I do is I just build golf courses for the software they use. And if they don't pay, I call them and I yell at them and I tell them they need to pay. Perfect. So, yeah. Wow, I would be totally scared, like, if you answered the phone. <laughs> like, I can only imagine what you're saying. <laughs> no, I'm actually really nice. They're like... Will you take off this late fee? I'm like, yeah, of course. Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> Will you discount at 60%? Okay. <laughs> Stop. That's funny. Uh, so it's chill. I, I get to work whenever I want, wherever I want. That is as nice. As long as I get my hours in yeah. and get things done. But yeah, it's nice. So it's chill. Flexible. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, if anyone follows you on social media, they know that you have been going through some fertility what do you want to call them? I hate the word issues because it's not really an issue. It's just infertility. Unfortunate infertility. events. Yeah, yeah, a series of unfortunate <laughs> events. But that's kind of what we mm. wanted to talk to you about because it's something that I think is so cool that you're open about on social media. Yeah. I feel like not that many people are, which I... So I had one friend who was really open and I loved following her story. And I feel like I learned so much and I feel like... Especially, like, before I had a miscarriage, like, I had no idea what, like, that process looked like. And even after I had a miscarriage, I didn't learn until, like, people were more open with me. Like, oh, I had a miscarriage and then we talked about it and I didn't realize that miscarriages are unique in and of themselves. Like, yeah. some people miscarry in a day. Some people miscarry, like, mine took over a month to, like, miscarry and... Sometimes you get surgery, sometimes you take a pill, like there's, there's literally so many things and that's just a miscarriage. And then there's, you know, if you struggle getting pregnant, like there could be all of these different issues. And so I feel like 
more people are becoming open about it, but there's still a lot of people who aren't. There's a weird secretive, like, air, I feel like, around infertility. Like, obviously, it's something that's so hard. Yeah. And you don't know what it's like until you've been through it. But I feel like with people like you who share their stories, it definitely makes it more comforting, I'm sure, when someone is going through it and not talking about it. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you can speak from personal experience how alienating that can feel. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's a few things. I think that the reason a lot of people don't talk about it is because the second you open yourself up about it, people will give you their, you know, unwanted opinions or whatever advice advice, and this works for them and I think that's really hard to hear from people and so there people just would rather not have it it's not even advice it's like opinions yeah and the funny thing is a lot of the time the people who are giving it to you have never been through it before like have you tried tracking your ovulation yeah like literally like (laughs) I'm like you're like, oh, no, I've actually never heard of that. Yeah. You're like, that. wait, what? <laughs> what is that? You're like, ovulation? <laughs> never I've never heard, heard of that. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think everyone just gives you, like, all this random crazy advice. And then, but I also think, like, because I've been open about it, there's so many girls who haven't talked about it but have reached out about it. And we've been able to connect and I've been able to get so close with so many women who have gone through it. And so as lonely as it feels, the more you talk about it and like connect with people, the less you feel alone. Yeah. But yeah. It's just so hard, like especially, especially, (laughs) especially um, being like a sister that one, I like I've never tried to get pregnant. And so I don't even know how that is. And two, I don't know how it is like with miscarriages, like obviously I've never been through that and I don't know about anyone else's family but in our whole family like basically no one has ever had a hard time getting pregnant yeah like our mom growing up always was like oh I never had a hard time like well and I was an accident like she accidentally got pregnant with me yeah which like you hear that a lot or like girls are always like oh I get like if they have an IUD, like we know girls that have gone their IUD on, it's like, oh, I get pregnant. Like the second I get off of it, like I have to be so careful. Or people get pregnant on their IUD. Yeah. Yeah. I have a couple of friends who have literally had IUD babies. Yeah. But like 1%. Yeah, literally. But like just being like Kess's sister, it's just like so hard because like that's why we wanted to like bring her on too was to help people like understand like where the bear, like where it's hard, like how we can help you and how like you can educate us on how people that haven't been through it. Yeah. And to be a support. Yeah. Yeah. And I seriously just think it's cool that it's something that's so hard to go through, but something that you share as you're going through it. I think that there's definitely power in sharing something in real time. Yeah. So do I, because I feel like there's a lot of people who post, which is really funny to me, and I I get it too, but who post when they're pregnant, like 20 weeks, like, yeah, I went through fertility and it was really hard. Reach out, like, feel free that you can talk to me if you have issues. And it's like, yes, but then they've already accomplished that goal. And so it's so hard to talk to someone who, I always put it this way, like, think of it as someone who has, like, a toy that you've always wanted, like as a little kid, like, and 
they have it and they're so excited to have it and go, you know, like the experience and playing with it. And like you're still like you, you're still without it. And so talking to someone who's going through such a happy time in their life, they finally got what they want is so hard. And so it's like, I feel like I've had more people reach out who are going through the same thing because I talk about it in real time where, because it's, and I don't know if other people feel this way. I can only speak for myself, but as soon as someone gets pregnant, you instantly feel left out. And like, you feel like people are moving on without you. Like the friends that you make who are also going through like infertility, like they move on without you and you just like feel left out. And so I don't know, like, I just think it'd be hard to talk to someone who's like already has what you want. And speaking like from their struggle in the past tense. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, I can, which is a hard time. It's hard for me to talk about it in real time sometimes because there's still so many like it's open it's like an open wound well like unresolved emotions yeah. like I mean I've struggled a lot like spiritually mentally fit, like all of these things where I'm like I don't know where I lie with these things so it's like how do I talk about something like when I don't have resolved feelings it's also hard because like I don't know I guess I should wait for you to say this, but like you and Josh have gone through testing. Yeah. And like everything has come back fine. Right. Yeah. So then it's like, okay, like what's the problem? Yeah. Like, and I feel like that's what's hard is a lot of people can blame like, oh, it's like my husband that is like, has this like genetic problem or like I don't produce like fertile eggs or whatever I don't know yeah or like people have like PCOS which can be a factor or and like you've never had any of those problems and like you're so healthy like you're active you're fit like so like nothing is like nothing like that and then in our family like nothing genetically yeah is that a word yeah genetic like has ever been like a problem yeah and so that's what's just annoying is you have no one to blame yeah yeah no it is it's like I wish well and everything we haven't had major problems I mean we've had like little things right like I'm on medication for certain things but we've been able to like fix every problem that there's ever been like one time I had like a lot of tissue in my uterus from my miscarriages so they cleaned all that out right so it's like we've been able to solve every problem that we've ever seen um yeah do you want me start from the beginning and talk about my journey like yeah well I, okay. I just like had questions like I just like but yeah I mean we can just start asking questions okay you tell me yeah um and then we can just like go from there okay but the first question I came up with was when did you start trying so we started trying so I got my IUD out August 8th of twenty. 20- 20 no 2021 two years ago sorry I can't do my math (laughs) August 8th of 2021 and we so that was when we decided to start trying like you started right off the bat Uh uh-huh like unprotected sex Uh uh-huh okay yeah so I think I knew a little bit which is funny looking back I don't think I Cause I use the flow app. So I knew that there was like 
blue days, like ovulation days. Um, but it's hard to say because after like I got my IUD out, like where my period was at, but like we we did start having unprotected sex right away. And when did you get a positive pregnancy test? So I don't remember the exact day, but it was November, um, probably like 15th. So it was about four months. Of that same year? Of the same year. Yeah. So then you're thinking like, yeah, that's pretty normal. Like people usually yeah. Well, yeah, try for under a year. Yeah. You start thinking and like I was, I, you know, I had known that, you know, a year was normal, but most people I talked to had probably gotten pregnant within the first, you know, three to five months. So I remember being like a little nervous after three months and being like, oh no, it's not working. And um but then yeah by the fourth month I thought that that was like normal okay um and like what were your feelings when you got pregnant like were you so nervous or were you like oh my gosh this is so exciting I was so excited because we were trying to get pregnant like it was something and I had done the math like immediately (laughs) And I was like, like how far along you were? Well, yeah, how far along I was when like I like looked up everything like when the baby was going to be due and like when I would feel comfortable. So we were going to tell everybody for Christmas and I would have been like almost eight weeks by Christmas, which was still pretty early. But I feel like to tell family like it would have been OK. And so it there just seemed to be a lot of exciting things. I went like as the days passed, I was nervous. I had no idea like I didn't I, to call a doctor and say like, how do you tell like I think I'm pregnant. Like I got a you know I I had to call my friend and ask her how to set up an appointment because I had no idea. Well, no one tells you that stuff. Yeah, no one tells no. you like okay, call an OB or call and, the like who do I call? Well, yeah, I knew to call the OB, but like, what do you say? They say, hi, this is, you know, whatever, OBGYN, how can I help you? And you go, I'm I'm pregnant. pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't, like, I don't know, you know? So I was like, what do I say? And so it was just funny. Like, there was just a lot of emotions. And then I got a fever. Wait, hold on. Was Josh with you when you took the pregnancy test no he was sleep he was at home but he was sleeping so I like woke him up and josh is the type of person who like doesn't want to get like too excited and so he he was excited but like he didn't have the reaction that i wanted him to have like he was probably cautious yeah but also it's like he probably had just like a genuine reaction of that's what it is. It's not the reaction that you see in the movies yeah. or on TikTok. Like, yeah. It's not like the sobbing, like hugging. Like, I mean, he probably yeah. did hug you, but like, yeah, it probably was just like sick. He like, was also half asleep. It worked. <laughs> like, like, I did it. Like, yeah, literally. Woo-hoo. So he just, I don't know. He's just not super. Yeah. But that's I guess. also what's just hard is like social media and movies in general it's just like anything that you do these days, you compare it to fake stuff. Yeah. Like people like recording them, their husbands, like, yes, but the people that record them, their husbands also probably know that they're being recorded. <laughs> so the husband is probably like trying to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be like the best husband of the year and like start crying. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like, and that's something that 
it's just so personal. Like, yeah, it's fine that he didn't have a reaction. That yeah, he just wasn't like jumping up and down. Like he literally was still asleep and like he was excited, but not yeah, like crazy. Yeah, yeah, normal. Yeah. Um. Okay. You said you were getting a fever. Oh, yeah. So it just like, I think I just was saying like, I just felt a lot of emotions being pregnant, but I did get a fever one week and I like freaked out. I start crying. I'm like, baby's going to die. But it did. So, (laughs) (laughs) okay. Also, I'm like very morbid. But at that time, like you just like you, I was so excited and then so worried about everything. So. And so, and then soon after how, like, what happened after that? So then after that, um, at six weeks, so you guys, I had made like three different doctor's appointments because they like won't see you until you're like eight or nine weeks. And so I tried to make one as soon as possible. So I had like three different ones because I just kept calling, trying to find the soonest that someone would meet with me. So I had like five different doctors. I didn't have an OBGYN at the time. Like I didn't meet with anybody. Um, So I started bleeding at six weeks. I was like six weeks in one day. But isn't it normal to bleed while you're pregnant or no? Yeah. Well, normal. Spotting. Yeah. Okay. And everything but see i have no idea like well and that's the problem is like i don't know that there's like anything totally normal i think i think if you ever see blood you should be concerned like now could they say like it's fine yes could it be a problem yes but like i think i would always i still would err on the like like check it out yeah call your doctor yeah so i started bleeding and it started off it started off really really faint like i was just a little little patch of like red and it, it was like pink like i had to like look at it and i was like that do- that doesn't look normal so i thought it was spotting i wasn't too concerned i didn't even tell josh and then um it was either a few hours later it just started getting worse and worse and so i like no, I think it was a day later. Yeah, because it was like Saturday that I saw it, and then the next day I like woke up and I was like, this is like terrible. So I start crying to Josh. I start like freaking out. Like, I don't know what's happening. This is a lot more blood than normal, like than just spotting like it's feeling bad. So I'm like sitting on my floor, just like crying, trying to get a hold of a doctor because it was a Sunday And so I had to find like an on-call doctor and I had to like tell them what was going on. And basically she said it was going to be okay and that I just needed to come in the next day. Like whatever happened, happens. Like she said, and then she said this, if you start bleeding um, through a pad an hour, you need to go to the ER. Otherwise, come see me tomorrow. So I was bleeding a lot, but I never went through a pad an hour. So I was like, okay. I'm. Oh, yeah. When I got my IUD out, I was bleeding through a tampon in 45 minutes yeah (laughs) horrifying (laughs) no literally it's scary to have that much blood so then um we went to the doctors she couldn't we didn't hear a heartbeat um and she couldn't see that there was anything like normal like can you hear a heartbeat at like six six weeks weeks? sometimes so she she wasn't concerned she said it's normal like that's why they wait till eight or nine weeks because that's when they can first or you know they should hear a heartbeat by then six weeks is questionable so she's like it's fine I did some blood tests she 
sent me home with a miscarriage kit, <laughs> which was so traumatizing. Meaning, like, what is that? So there was, like, so the only other time I've seen them is, like, you know the cups that you poop in, <laughs> like, at oh, the doctor's they, office? they have to, like, um, like, yeah. Yeah, okay. So it was, like, one of those bowls that you can sit on your toilet, and she said that, like, just to save anything, like, if I saw the thing you know at this point it wasn't like a fetus it was going to be a sack is what I would have seen and so she's like you know you can save it or see it or whatever so you know like if it is there was a ton of pads there was gloves there was um what else did I need but at, at the appointment she didn't say you're having a miscarriage no she just said here's this just in case we have to wait like nothing's alarming yet I don't see anything yet we won't know for a few more days. So the way that they found out is they took my blood like it was every other day. And the number like the HCG is what they were testing and the HCG started going down. And then they the baby they could start seeing in the ultrasound wasn't growing. So um, so then at that point she had called me. I think it took t- definitely took a few days, maybe like three or four days until she said you're you're miscarrying. So then I, she gave me a few options. She said, you can try the pill, which. Is that like plan B? No, plan B. Plan B, you can only take like. Right after conceptions. Yeah. Whereas this pill is like the first trimester pill that some people take to like force themselves. Like an abortion? Cause yes. Yes. I think plan B makes it so you don't ovulate if I'm not mistaken or something like that. Don't quote me on that. I don't know. Um, so this, yes, forces everything out. So, yes, this is the same pill that you would take if you were to have uh, an abortion. And so it just causes a lot of cramping. It just scared me because I, I just didn't know. It just sounded really painful. Everything that I'd heard was, like, super painful. So then I just kept bleeding. Oh, wait, no, you, she gave you three options. The pill. Oh, yeah, the pill just to bleed and the, the DNC. So I said, I'm just going to keep bleeding, see if it'll, you know, happen. So it was like a week and a half later, I was still bleeding a lot, still like, you know, a lot of tissue. And I just, I was so scared to leave the house and go anywhere because I didn't know what it would be like. Like, I didn't know if it was going to be just like all this blood at once. Like if I was out at someone's house or we went to go see a movie and I just remember having a panic attack at the or movie. Like, I don't know. I would think like, oh my gosh, what if I start having like a contraction? Like, yeah. Do you have to like push like? No, but like you, like I didn't know. Like I didn't know what it was. Yeah, like, like this huge cramp. Like could you imagine you're just like shopping and like you fall to the ground? Yeah. Like, I, I have no idea. I would imagine that like a shooting pain. Yeah. So I was so scared like I, of just what it would look and feel like and how it would be so anyways it just was like miserable to sit at home to be you know just depressed me and Josh are literally we like had a mega bed set up in our front room and we just like slept out there and watched shows out there and um we we're just anyways so tired and exhausted so after two weeks I was like it's still not going down it was so close to Christmas I was like I just want this to be done with so then I opted in for the DNC. And then as soon as I got the DNC, I felt so much better. Like my bleeding went substantially down. And what they do in the DNC is it's just a surgery to clean everything out. So um, 
that was then I felt a lot better but then obviously Christmas I sat on the couch and cried the entire time and it was like so sad because Kess was gonna tell the whole entire family that she was pregnant and so she bought all of us like gifts gifts that like said like you're gonna be an aunt so I had nothing to give on Christmas yeah because that was like her Christmas like gifts and so Christmas was just like I think you told us like two or three days before Christmas or maybe a week before. Yeah. And it was just like sad because at that time, like I said, nobody has gone through this in our family. So we were just like, what do we say? Like, how do we help her? Like, and then it's also hard because I do feel like some people are like, Oh, it's okay. It's her first baby. Like, I don't know if you ever felt like that. Yeah, no. I mean, my doctor even told me that my doctor said, it'll be okay. Like just try again. Yeah, and my doctor said it's it's common to have one miscarriage. Yeah, so then it's like, okay, like, do we, like, obviously we keep our hopes up, and it's just like, yes, like, Kess, like, we got this, like, it's okay. Yeah. It was literally six months. Yeah. There's still a lot of hope. Like, it was so there sad. There still is hope. Yeah, there's still, it's dwindling. <laughs> um, but there's still a lot of hope after, like, I was like, okay, the second time. Can we keep going? Um, well, yeah, like you, how many like positive pregnancies tests have you had? So I had three. So the second, so I got pregnant two months after, um, the first one and then miscarried at five weeks, got a DNC for that one. Same thing kind of happened. I just kept bleeding, wouldn't stop. I actually no for the second one, I took the pill twice. I took it. One week and then nothing happened. So then I took it the second week and nothing happened. And like, was the pill horrible? Like, did you feel no, sick? No, I didn't feel a single thing, but it didn't work. So I, I like got all prepared. I bought my Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I bought my Costa Vida and I, I found a show I wanted to watch. I hunkered down. I took the pill. Is that and I when said, you watched um, that blind show? No, oh. but yeah, I forgot what that one's called. In the dark. In the dark. <laughs> um, no, that wasn't that. We watched some random weird movie. Um, so then there was that time. So that was annoying. So then I had to get a DNC that time. And then, so after you have a miscarriage, you have to wait like a full cycle to make sure everything's like back to normal. Does insurance cover for a DNC? Well, yeah, but like it just depends. Like, so we had to like still hit our deductible. So had to go towards our deductible so i mean we paid a thousand dollars do you know how much like a dnc is probably a thousand dollars oh yeah with the anesthesia and everything i think yeah that's I'm just what like we paid. if someone doesn't have insurance and yeah they have to go get a dnc yeah because we had to pay for it my house hosp- my bill was like 1200 fun fact though josh is very good at um negotiating the bill down so if you can pay it in full you can literally say hey i can't pay this um much but i can pay it in full if it's like eight hundred dollars and so and they'll literally just take what they can have yeah oh that's funny yeah so hospital bills you can always negotiate fun fact so we that's did how that. you know they're bamboozling you yeah literally literally i'm like oh actually my baby is like keeps crying so actually just like pay me back yeah <laughs> <laughs> When was your third pregnancy test? How long after that second one? So that one I got pregnant the first try. So I got pregnant first try. Did they tell you to wait? 
Like, well, so we waited a cycle. So you always wait a cycle. And then like, it was the first try like that we could try was the third one. So I got pregnant three times in seven months. Um, and so, yeah, that's with some waiting time in there. So the third one ended up being a molar pregnancy, which is just a weird, wacky, um, thing basically where my egg so two sperm connected to the egg and there was too much dna so it actually forms basically a tumor inside of you and it starts growing on top of itself and when you take a pregnancy test the hcg keeps increasing so when i was taking my blood tests the um, numbers kept going up just because the tumor was growing so i I had the only option i had there was to get a a DNC because I had to test it for cancer, but it wasn't cancerous. So, and then is that when they removed like the tissue in your uterus or was no. that a different time? Yeah. So then I, once I started working with a fertility clinic, um, we did a bunch of testing there and then, um, then they removed some uter some tissue out of my uterus then. So this is like a year ago, right? Yeah. Like last, like June. summer of 2022. Yep. Right before Molly or right after you got married. Yeah. And then how many pregnancy tests have you taken since then? Oh, countless. <laughs> I don't know. I take, I take at least five or six every month. So a lot. So it's been, a, it's been a year since I my last pregnancy so I don't know what's going on now so now's the journey of what the heck why can't we get pregnant now yeah okay so now have you like gone and seen a doctor like what steps have you taken to help you try to get pregnant so yeah so we were working with my OBGYN and I asked her after a few months if I could get on Clomid and she said no. And I just was like, I'm not getting the care I need. So I switched OBGYNs and she immediately transferred me to the fertility clinic. So since we went to the fertility clinic. Um, Is any of this covered by insurance? N- <sighs> Some of it. Actually, a lot of it. A lot of the testing is covered. So we got an HSG, which is the most painful thing I've ever done in my entire life. And that's where they test your fallopian tubes. They put this dye in your fallopian tubes and watch it come out so they can see like the shape of your fallopian tubes. It's so terrible. I got a water ultrasound, which is how they found like the polyp or extra tissue in my uterus. And that one was so easy, so pain free. That one was very nice. I had, and then I just had a lot of blood work done. Um, and then, and then obviously the surgery to remove the uterus. So, um, I am tissue, (laughs) not your whole uterus. (laughs) I'm like, wait, 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 (laughs) you guys, sometimes I just get talking. I keep saying the same words. So not the uterus. Um, she's like, I have no idea like why I can't get pregnant. (laughs) My uterus is gone. It's not. So they did talk about removing one of my fallopian tubes. There's like a leak or anyways, weirdness is going on, but I do not want to remove one of my fallopian tubes. So because that lowers like a half of your chance of getting pregnant, right? Yeah. Because you will only you ovulate from one to the other every other month, right? Yeah. 
So it's just not something I want to do. Wait, so do. meaning that you could really only get pregnant every other month. Okay, I've heard mixed reviews, and I've tried to look this up, so I don't know for sure. Someone told me that the fallopian tube tr- just traveled <laughs> from whichever ovary was supposed to ovulate that month. I don't know how true that is. I d- so I don't know. I don't know enough about it. It just – my doctor said within six months – so she said in, I think, June, no, it was probably in March, which I guess we're coming up on the six months, you know, she's like, we can look into removing your fallopian tube, but I said no, so, so far, no, and then I've taken, so then I've done IUIs, where I've taken, and they're medicated IUIs, so I take the, it's Femera or Letrozole, which makes you ovulate on both sides. My last IUI even had three follicles. So we've tried that and basically inject HCG in you before you do the IUI. So, yeah. And then they take sperm and insert it, right? Yeah. Because IVF, they take, they would take an egg out of you, take sperm, and then put it together, grow it in a petri dish, and then insert it back inside of you. Yeah. So now that's where we're at is it's been, you know, we've done our three IUIs. It's been a year. So where do we go from here? And so we're looking at IVF options now, but it's, we got quoted like 30 grand, 32,000 at our fertility clinic. So we are adventuring. This, this baby, when it comes out, it's going to be a million grand. A million grand. A million dollars. The work you put in to like bring a life to the world. Yeah. No, I'm gonna remind them every day. Like, I just how expensive you were. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like people don't like people who can have kids. Like, it's nothing. Like, that's so awesome. But sometimes I'm like, do you not understand? Like, how lucky you are. Yes. Yeah. And I know everyone goes through something different, but like, yeah, how much work and effort it's, you know, time, money, when people can get pregnant for free. I'm like. Or on accident. Or, yeah, literally. Like. Like literally one night stands. Yeah. So I I always joke. I'm like, I should have started having sex in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So that's kind of like what she's going through. Um. Now, I just kind of want you to, I'm going to ask you, like, some questions about how you can help us, like, help you. Help us help you. Yeah. Um, and so, let's see. What was a good one that I wrote down? Well, what's something that you wish more people understood about infertility or about miscarriage? So, I think that. Every single person has a completely different experience. And that's that's what I found. And honestly, the biggest advice, like when people say like, what you know, what should I say to someone who's going through it? And I always say, ask questions. Because one, you can ask, are they comfortable talking about it? And if they're not, then, then it's none of your business. Two, if they are comfortable talking about it, you've never been through it. So ask questions like, what was your experience like? You know, what what did you have to go through? What, um, I just, I never, ever, ever offer advice. Do, pe- like, when people ask you questions, do you get bothered? 
No, I never get bothered unless it's like... Like judgmental? Yeah. And I think it's always like a follow-up or how you respond. Like, well, how far along were you when you miscarried? Oh, I was six weeks or whatever. It's like, oh, well, that wasn't like... Like, oh, that's nothing. Yeah. Like, you're fine. You didn't even experience pregnancy. Did, did you even have morning sickness? Definitely the way that you put it. Um, so I think it's just asking kindly and just having like an open... And if you're not coming from a kind place, then shut your mouth. No, literally. <laughs> like, if you don't have anything nice, nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah, no, and people, and I think that those people are always going to say something. So that's what sucks is, like, there's always going to be people who are judgmental when you allow them. But, I, like, for me, I think, like, ask questions, ask if they're okay talking about it, and then really just seek to, like, understand, you know? Um, yeah. So my next question is, like, what's the best way someone can support you or, like, what you've heard from other people? Um, because I know when I'm going through a hard time, I'm not a very big physical touch type of person. So, like, I don't want to be hugged. But, like, you can show love other ways. Like, do you want someone to, like, stop by and, like, I don't know, talk to you? Do you want, like, to, someone to, like, bring you a treat? Do you want to be text? Like, or do you just want to be left alone? Like, what's the best way to support you when, like, you're going through something like this? Yeah. I mean, again, I think everybody's so different. But one thing, as funny as it is, like, I've appreciated, like, I don't cook and I hate cooking. So I've loved, like, meals or treats delivered. Because it's, like, someone showing, like, hey, I love you. But I don't always want to talk to people either. I think a text is fine. I think a text is great. And I say a text. I think it gets hard when there's like multiple texts. Are you okay? How are you doing today? Every single day. Um, I'm just the type of person who like when I'm ready to talk about it, I'll talk about it. But I, I do like to be left alone. But if you want to do something kind like a meal or one text like hey i'm just thinking about you i love you or a treat you can never go wrong by sending someone a yeah, first really? yeah or just like dropping something off at someone's door like you don't have to talk to them they don't have to talk to you it's like thank you you were thinking of me and you're giving me my space right i love me some crumble <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> noted <laughs> so um, i have a question yeah how do you feel when people because i feel like a very natural thing when a couple has struggled with infertility is for people to ask about adoption. Mm -hmm. How do you feel when people ask about adoption or say like, Oh, why don't you just adopt? Well, not that I know a lot about adoption, but if you look into adoption or people who have adopted, like how many years does it take them to adopt? Like I never get bothered. Me and Josh actually would be very open and honestly might be a reality just because we would love a big family and I just don't know if we'll be able to have that on our own. Um, again, I feel like I'm an old hag and people can have, you know, but I want to have, I want to have, you know, four kids or whatever. And the oh, longer that's such a big family, it's huge. <laughs> it's huge to me. But like the yeah, longer you go, like the, your egg quality starts decreasing your odds. Like if we're already having problems at 25, who's like, why is my body going to be fine at 35? It probably, I don't know. I don't know. So adoption doesn't bother me like talking about it. It just feels like it's a long process and it's more expensive than. That's what I was going to say. I don't think people fully understand how much adopting is. Yeah. When you haven't tried all of your like IVF options. Well, and from what I understand, I mean, I think that there's a lot of options with adoption. 
But like, I heard it's like 30% of your income or it's like, it's so much of your income. It's expensive. And so I'm like, it's like, we might as well put the money towards um, like IVF at this point. And I actually would love to foster and adopt, like foster to adopt if that's not, or just foster in general. But I feel like I won't be in the mindset to be able to do that until we have a kid. So. Um, crap. I had one more and then I got interrupted. Uh, (laughs) uh, I cannot remember. I don't know what else to say. Do you have any, like, there's little to, I'm sure nothing you can say to someone who's struggling, but do you have anything that maybe someone has reached out to you and told you that has been helpful or is it kind of just like send your love in the least suffocating way possible? Yeah. I, for me, it's been hard when other people who haven't gone through something similar, I think just acknowledging really acknowledging that you haven't been through it and like, you have no idea what it's like and really like, honestly, like believing that, like, I've never been through that, you know, like if even when other people, you know, I have friends who have stillborns and I'm like, I have no idea what that's like, you know, and I can't imagine, you know, the pain you're going through. Like if you ever need a friend, I'm always here, but also no pressure. And like, it's at, you know, like it's fine. So I don't know. I think just like, I know it's like funny, but really just like putting yourself and just being like, I have no idea what that, like, I, I can't imagine what that's going, what, what's happened. Like just validating the situation that they're going through. I think any, anything when people say that, um, I guess basically just to end, if there's anyone out there like listening that is going through infertility, um, do you have like words of advice or advocate for yourself? (laughs) I've seen I'm in so many support groups and there's so many people who are like I've tried I've you know I've been trying for two years and my doctor won't do anything like I can't believe the second that I switched a doctor like my OBGYN how she was like no you need to go to a fertility clinic and I think just like advocating for yourself standing up for yourself and at the end of the day like as much as it sucks like you know what's best for you I know it's not best for me to get my fallopian tube removed like just say, you know, like they're going to give you their opinions, but like at the end of the day, like you still, you make those decisions and what you feel is best and just like listening to your intuition. But like, there's, there's so much help out there. There's people out there, there's medicine, there's, there's more than just, you know, the traditional Western medication as well. You know, there's so many other things out there. Nothing better than being understood and heard, not even understood, just like, feeling validated yeah Yeah. like that's the I always say this about therapy like I got so lucky with like a good therapist and I even know like from you like you've had your bad experiences with like therapists before but like once and that's the thing like I've had so many girls I also got lucky with a good doctor that like cares about my health and just like once you find those people like your whole world changes because they like care so much about you and you're not just another number or like more money for them like they actually care about you yeah for sure 
Well, thank you for coming on and letting us crack open your story. Like, I really do think it's so helpful to hear someone going through something in real time. Yeah. And I feel like anytime I've shared what I'm going through in real time, it also, it feels like it helps me too. Yeah. Instead of hiding. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Love, love that you are just sharing in real time. And what are what's your Instagram in case anyone wants to like follow along your journey? Kess, K-E-S-S underscore Ellis, E-L-L-I-S seven. And is it the same on TikTok? Because I know I've seen you post TikToks before too. Yeah, I think it is the same. Um, Should be. Kess does like cute little videos. I mean, when she was doing IUI, she'd always post her like updates of her giving her shots. And let me tell you, I cry every time I watch them because same. she's literally <laughs> just so strong. And I could go on for hours about how strong she is. And she inspires me just all the things that she goes through. And she's literally still walking and going so hard in life. Yeah, I try to be positive. It just depends on the day, though. So, like, sometimes I'm really happy, and other days um, I'm just depressed. But I'm you're I, human. <laughs> yeah, but like that's literally okay. Mm, so I'm really trying, but hopefully, now we're gonna figure out IVF, and we may travel to Europe. So I would not be mad about that. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll hey, keep you posted. And if we should like you to you should start like a GoFundMe for Kess. <laughs> like, let's get her this baby. Um, <sighs> but the best that you can do for Kess and other people that are going through infertility is just keep them in your thoughts, your prayers, or whatever you believe in, your vibes, um, and just hope the best for them because that's really all that you can do. And if you're listening and you're also struggling, you are not alone. Yeah, and feel free to reach out. I'm always here. Yes, she actually is the best listener. So go and follow her on Instagram if you want to stay up to date. Follow us on Instagram at UDU Podcast. Dot you can podcast. vote on our story. Is that what I said? Dot podcast? I don't right? know. No, but oh. UDU dot podcast. Oh, slay. <laughs> Number one supporter. Um, <laughs> yeah, like the reels, comment on our stories. Let us know how you're doing. Yeah. Um, anyways, we will talk next week. Love you guys Bye. so much. Bye. Bye.